Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire to inform and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from from you. Good Sunday morning and happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Yes. I mean, to a na- the nation of America, what a wonderful day that we'll be celebrating in a couple of days, the independence of this nation, the freedom of this nation. You know, it always reminds me because, you know, we are saved. So it always takes me back to, to thank God for the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. And I am so grateful as America celebrates its independence, its liberty, its freedom, that we as believers should uh, not one day out of a year, but every day of our lives, be thankful for the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. I mean, we have a liberty in God that I could not have imagined. I mean, I didn't you. I didn't know how bound I was until He made me free. Absolutely. I mean, who who would have thunk that you were as tangled up and tied up and and oppressed as you were? You didn't even know the devil had such blinders on us that we didn't know how bound we were. Not only were we blind, I mean, we couldn't help. Help. We were just helpless. You know, we thought we knew it had it all going on but it was God that showed us that his way is better and and that when we were in bad situations that the Lord lifted us up when we were in in situations we just didn't know how to get out of we were slaves to sin and in bondage to the devil and then God comes and takes the blinders off of our eyes to let us know, you know, that we even need a savior. Sometimes you don't even, you didn't even know you needed a savior. You didn't even know you needed until to trouble comes until, until the, until I saw liberty, yes. I didn't even know I was bound until That's I right. saw the light. I didn't even know I was in Absolutely. darkness, but then along comes Jesus and he liberates my captive soul. And so let's look at second Samuel chapter nine, Jonathan and Saul have both been killed in battle. And David is now uh, has ascended to the to the throne and he is looking to fulfill his promise that he has made to Jonathan, who was his his dearest friend ever. And he has swear before God to his friend Jonathan that he would uh, continue to show kindness to Jonathan and his seed. And so David is on the throne and probably reminiscing and missing his dear friend Jonathan. And then he looks around to those around him and he asks them a question beginning in 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 3 and the king David said is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him and Ziba said unto the king Jonathan has yet a son which is lame on his feet mm. and the king said David said unto Ziba where is he and Ziba said unto the king behold he is in the house of Mashar the son of Amiel in Lord 
Lodabar. And then David sent and fetched him out of the house of Mashar, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Even from Lodabar, God will come and get you. Even in your Lodabar, he sees you. He has not forgotten you. Uh, it's kind of akin to Joseph in the, in the prison, Joseph in the pit. You just think that perhaps the Lord has forgotten me. The promises won't come to pass. Everything he said doesn't look like it's going to happen. If I were going to be that star that all the other stars were to bow before, I probably wouldn't be down in this pit. I wouldn't be in this dungeon. I wouldn't be in this prison. I wouldn't be in Lodabar, but here I am in the place of despair, in a place of shame, in a wilderness, in a barren place. I can't even do for my own self. I'm in a place of despair, despondency, and depression. And, and I want to tell you, even in your Lodabar, that God has not forgotten you. And he has not forgotten you. Even in this state, when I was reading this, I look up on verse eight and he says when Je when when David had confronted him and he wanted to show him the kindness that Jonathan had really displayed to David and he wanted to restore all that was Saul and Jonathan he wanted to place it upon uh, this young man but the thing about it is is that he had the young man because he was lame and because he was taken out of the place where he was born and where he where he was used to he was in a foreign land that now he's looking upon him themselves as himself as a dead as dog a dead he dog. had an identity problem he didn't realize that yet you know or maybe his dreams of being the king's grandson or the 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 king's son that that he he forgot all about that he forgot all about uh, where he's his position in this land. He forgot all about that. Matter of fact, he became lame because when they heard word that his father and grandfather were slain in the battle, they began to secure the royal seed, the seed royal. And he had forgotten and, and, all about that, was, I believe. He was heir apparent to the right. throne. So they... So the nurses and those attendants that cared for him were taking all of their seed, all of the children, the male children, and putting them away because what was customary in battle is that when you defeated a nation, you killed all the seed royal because they were heirs to the throne. So they, what they would do is those who have been entrusted to care for the, the children of the king or the grandchildren of the king, they would go hide those children because they didn't want any harm to come to them. And so what they did was... Uh, uh, they the nurse was running with Mephibosheth to hide him and she dropped him. Now I don't know how she was running and how she dropped him that she you was would, fearful. but that you drop a baby and he become lame in both feet. But yeah. that is what happened. She dropped him and he became lame in both feet. But you hear that now Mephibosheth is in Lodabar. It's almost like they dumped him in Lodabar. At one point he was heir apparent to the throne. At one point his his grandfather was king of Israel. At one point his father was next in line to be king. But now he here he is with unable to walk on his own, unable to take care of himself, dumped into a place that we would consider a likened to a ghetto. And here he is in Lodabar, unable to care for himself. And the king comes calling for him. Now he doesn't know, is the king coming calling for him so that he can wipe out the seed of Saul and Jonathan? What is it that the king wants with, with him? As you read in verse eight, he says, what do you want with me? I'm like a dead dog before you. I can do nothing to you. I can do nothing for 
are you? What is it that you want from me? And some of you been, you know, you, you sit in here wondering, uh, what is it that I can do for God? What is it that I have to offer God? I don't have any talents. I don't have any skills. I don't have any this. I don't have any that. But what you need to know is that when God chose you, it wasn't based upon your good looks. It wasn't based upon your smart in your uh, intellect. It wasn't based upon your ability. He chose you because he knows that if you will allow him to work through you, then you will become an asset in the kingdom of God that can then likewise work for him. But it starts with him working in and through you. It's by his spirit, not by power, nor by might, but by his spirit put in you that will allow you to do anything good in the kingdom of God. You know that God can take that which you feel is dead and is no good. That that part, just as this young man had, had felt, that he was no longer in position to be a king anymore. He he gave up hope. There, you know, his surroundings didn't even indicate to him that he could even be in that position again. And and that's maybe where some of you are right now that you're feeling like that. That you're you're having an identity problem. You're, you're you're thinking that you're you're nothing and that God has forgotten you and that. You know, as he said, expressed here, he says, such I'm like a dead dog. And, you know, how who would want a dead dog? That's the identity problem that he had. I mean, he looked upon himself as nothing. But then God sends someone to remind him of who he really is. And it's just like Jesus Christ that he came to remind us who we you are child of the king. He says, I'm the king of kings. He said, but you are a king. And that's basically uh, what David was telling this young man that you are a king and I'm going to put you in your rightful place. And not only am I going to put you in the rightful place, but I'm going to restore all the land that was taken away from you. That was your father's and your grandfather's land. And I'm going to give it to you. And not only that, but each and every day, I'm going to have you to sit at my table at the king's table and to eat daily. And you are, you're not going to have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about somebody carrying you. You don't have to worry about your clothes. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about anything. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you the servants to tend after you so that when you call, they come and they're going to provide for you. Isn't that how God is? He says that when you call upon, he said, I will answer. And he says, I'm always going to be with you. I'll never forsake you. And then he goes on to say it a couple of times more. I'll never, never, I will never forsake you. You are mine. And that's exactly what God was saying to this young man. You are mine and wherever you are, you can't ever go too far away from who I, where I am because I will search you out. I will pursue you. I will bring you back. And if you believe me, I will restore everything that the canker worm has eaten. I'm going to restore, not only restore it, but I'm going to do it a hundredfold. And this is exactly what actually happened to this young man here, that everything that he thought that he lost, he didn't have any hope, but he, but God took him out of this situation and then began to uh, uh, bless him by causing other people to bless him and put by putting him back in the situ uh, the position in which he was born for. 
And, and you know, he was looking at it from a physical perspective that I, I can't yes. walk, I can't do this. And I, and that's what you, sometimes we allow ourselves to get in that uh, conundrum of, of uh, singing that blue, singing the blues over Boy our life. Me. I can't do this and I can't do that. All you got to do is put a tune to it and you got a song. I can't go here and I can't go there. And they try keeping me back and they, and all the things you can't do. But what he forgot to remember is that he was born into royal. His granddaddy was the king. His father was heir apparent, and it's in his bloodline. Listen, you and I might not have been born into royalty in our natural lineage, but you have been reborn into royalty. You are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. You are heirs of God. You are joint heirs with Christ Jesus and heirs of God. Everything he has, you are heir apparent to. The cattle on a thousand hill belong to God, and the hills that they graze on belong to God. And the story of Mephibosheth is an archetype of the salvation that you and I have experienced in Christ. David pursued him, as you said, and hunted him down. He, lo- he went looking for him. God has come looking for you. He has come hunting you. He has, he is pursuing your heels hot and hard because he wants you into the kingdom of God. He chases after you. That's why Paul says that I need to follow after that. I may apprehend that cause for which I have been apprehended. God pursued me and hunted me down and apprehended my life. He arrested my soul. And now I'm going to spend the balance of my days apprehending the cause for which he has apprehended my life. He has made me free indeed. And I shall never be bound again. I don't care if you can't physically walk. I don't care what limitations you have in your natural body. God comes to liberate your captive soul and he who whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Well, we're going to take it even a little further that God, he comes after you and pursue you not only for yourself, but for the generations that will come after you because what he's given to your father and your grandfather now is, is given unto you, restored unto you so that you can bless even your seed. If you look down in verse 12 in second uh, Samuel nine, it says, and this young man had a young son whose name was my, and all that dwelled in the house of Zebo were servants unto this young man. So I'm telling you that now, so God is looking not only to bless you, but he's also looking at the generation that shall come after you. And that's what our lives are all about, is that when God restore us into our rightful place, then our responsibility is to teach that generation that shall come after us. Why? So that he will have a perpetual praise in the earth, that your children will be righteous that they will look back in their lineages and lineage and find out that I had a righteous grandfather a righteous mother I had a righteous grandmother my God it's just one thing that God will continue to carry forth as a result of you who is serving the Lord you who he have recovered all that you will now pass what you have learned your faith your trust in God your even your possessions that you would pass it on to the now generation and the generation that come after I'm telling you that God restored all to this young man, that his seed will enjoy the benefits of the Lord as well. 
Sometimes life beats you down so until your soul is broken. Mm. But I want you, no matter what state you find yourself to be, to cry out unto God. If you are broken and battered, if you are wounded and despondent, if you are discouraged and depressed today, pray this prayer to God. Lord, help this broken man's soul. I can never make it on my own, but if you will help my broken soul, I know that no matter what state I am in, you can restore me back to where I need to be. Lord, help this broken man's soul. Help this broken man when the road is long. Write in me a melody so I can sing redemption songs. Cause when push comes to shove, never be enough to make it on my own. Now help this broken man's soul. Help this broken man's soul. Now I've sung these words so many times before, y'all. But I never felt anything, no. See, I wanted something more. And then it came like rushing waters to these old, dry and dusty bones. Your life-giving words pick me up and take me home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So help this broken man when the road is alone. And write in me a melody so I can sing redemption songs. broken man when the road is long and write in me a melody so I can sing redemption song cause when push comes to shove never be song said your life-giving words picked me up and took me home and when i hear that verse i think about this young man that he was lamed in his feet he broken in his soul because he now relate to himself as a dog a dead dog and and a dead dog i mean there's nothing worse than a dead dog but yet but god came and healed his soul picked him up took him home, restored everything that the canker worm has eaten. But isn't that how the word of God is? When he says, my word will not return unto me, boys. It hunts you down. It finds you where you are. It will pick up your broken soul and bring you home. I mean, the thing that I like about this story, so much so, LJ Renee, is that when you keep reading it, it talks about how that God gave him 
desire, more than he could ever think, ask, or even desire through the kindness of David. But it says in that verse that you had read in verse 12, which I, that's what I find very peculiar. After God did all these things for him, verse 13, it says, so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he did eat continually at the king's table. And the Lord just wanted well, to leave, know, leave that's this right. in there. That's, I got the, the, the same the thing. The last clause of verse 13 of the whole chapter says, and, and was lame on both, both his feet. feet. In other words, I didn't heal his feet. You would have thought now, if I did it your way, I'd have made him to walk. I'd have made the lame to walk. And you know, that's not too hard for me, but I didn't heal the man in his feet. Because I wanted you to know that even with the impairment in his physical body, that is not the issue. Even with the lameness in both of his feet, that is not the issue. I can bless you in spite of that. I can lift you up in spite of that. You think of yourself as a dead dog, but I think of you as, as my child, as the apple of my eye. I think of you as above only and not beneath. You smell pretty good to me. I mean, when you worship him, your worship comes before for the throne of God as a sweet savor in my nostril. You smell pretty good to God. You have been down on yourself, belittling yourself, speaking, speaking ill of yourself. And I want to challenge you today to begin to see yourself like God sees you. God doesn't see you lame in both feet. God doesn't see you defeated. God doesn't see you worthless. He certainly doesn't see you as a dead dog. He sees you as royalty, the apple of his eye. He sees you as the one that was worth dying for and you need to lift up your thinking to say Lord help me to see what you see help this broken man's soul send your word to where I am come get me in my loader bar come find me in my pig pen come get me in my dungeon come find me in my prison but lift me up out of this hell hole that I am in and help my broken soul Thank you, Lord. Even right now, I, I'm, I'm, what has come upon my heart is a friend of mine whose husband has suffered a stroke. And as a result of the stroke, he's lame in his feet and lame on one side. And because of his stroke, he feels that he is no longer a man. He can't do the things that he wants to do anymore. So he has left because he feels that he's worthless. God, would you pursue him right now? Would you go after, would you send your angels after him, oh God, and cause him to remember who you say he is, oh God. Cause him to remember to have hope in you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you, God, wrestle that spirit, that God that wants to drive him away from you and feel that God, that he's nothing more than a dead dog. Would you, God, pursue him Oh God, and attack that dark spirit that has covered him, oh God, and cause him to know that he's still royalty, that he's still a man of God, and that he's still worth you chasing after. God, in the name of Jesus, and anyone else that has been sick or have suffered a situation, and they no longer think that they're worth anything, God, would you hunt them down and bring them back, dear Father, and cause them to know that the same promise I gave you before is the same promise that that runs today God in the name of Jesus Christ would you restore their mind and draw them back unto you oh God and restore everything that the K 
canker worm has eaten. Oh God, even with some, oh God, restore their hand, restore their legs, oh God. But even if you don't do it, oh God, what you have done in their lives, that it shall be a praise in the earth, oh God, and that people will even not even look at the lameness, oh God, but they'll look at the glory of the Lord upon them, God. I pray this, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ so strongly, oh God, because there's some who have given up hope. There's some that are hiding, oh God. There's some, dear Father, that think that there's nothing that can be done, but Lord, oh God, you said I sent my word, oh Father God, and it shall accomplish in the very place where you send it. And so, Father God, draw him back. If he has to come back on his knees, oh God, bring him back right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and that he shall know, oh God, that there was never a time that you left him. I pray, oh God, in your name. Amen. And we pray for the liberty of every yes. captive soul, even as this nation celebrates its independence, yes. its liberty, Father. I pray for the liberty of the souls of men. I pray, dear God, Father, yes. that you break those chains that seem to bind us. May we hear them yes. clanking powerless behind us as you liberate our captive souls. Thank you for drawing them out of pig pens. Thank you for drawing them out of drug dens. Mm. Thank you, dear God, for, for drawing them out of depression and despair and despondency. Thank you for lifting us up, dear God, that we may see like you see. Believe, God, in your word and trust you to liberate our captive soul. I thank you, dear God, that the powers of the enemy have no authority over the souls of the heirs of salvation. So in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of the Lamb over the souls of the saints of God. Would you, dear God, God, remind them of who they are in you. Let us have a healthy perspective of whose we are and who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be able to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that not only is all power in your hand, but you, dear God, reside in us and we can do all things through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for liberty. Thank you, dear God, for setting our souls free. May we never be bound or entangled again in the bondage wherein you have made us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So help this broken man when the road is long. And write in me a melody so I can sing redemption song. Cause when push comes to shove, never be enough to make it on my own. Help this broken man's soul. Help this broken man's soul. Cause when push comes to shove, never be enough to make it on my own. Now help this broken man's soul. Help this broken man's soul. Touch Wedding and Events introduces Dos Palamos. This is for event supply rental, event planning services, banquet facility, meeting place. There's a full serving kitchen, video projection screen, and the capacity to seat up to 350 people at table rounds. This is located at 195 East Levels Lane in Springfield, Ohio, Dayton, Springfield, Columbus, and surrounding vicinities. This is the facility and the place for you. Whether you need an event planner or the place to host your event, 
give them a call. 937-346-4420. 937-346-4420. Or go to their website, www.tracystouch.com. Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and LJ Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.